Welcome to the River Hills Church Deep and Wide podcast. Each week we'll be going a little deeper and casting the vision a little wider based upon what we talked about on Sunday morning. So we are so glad you joined us. Stay tuned as we get rolling into Deep and Wide. Gospel-centered relationship. And as we learned yesterday, in every relationship, if we have been raised with Christ, and that's what we talked about in Colossians chapter three, verses one through four, meaning if you know Jesus, if you have been changed, if he, you have been brought from spiritual death to spiritual life, God does something in you. And we're to apply that in all parts of our lives. We're to apply that in how we handle our working relationships, how we handle our church relationships, how we handle the people at Walmart or any store we may go to, and specifically how we handle our relationship with our spouse. And so one of the things we learned, and really it was the the crux of everything we dealt with yesterday, guys, if, if you remember, um, if you and I are going to be, quote unquote, successful, now I, I want us to understand what success is. Successful is is a marriage, a relationship that honors the Lord. That's success. And we began to remove the constraints or the lies of having a performance-driven relationship, meaning if you do this, I'll do this. If you don't do that, I won't do that. Whatever it may be, is that when we approach things from a performance point of view in any relationship, we aren't being the essence of Christ. We aren't demonstrating grace. Now, I want to put a caveat in here. Many times, specifically in a marriage, you have abuse. You have uh, different types of sins that enter into that marriage. And while we need to be forgiving, that doesn't mean we need to not deal with it or be a doormat. While Christ demonstrates grace, he never violates his truth. He never violates his word. He never, um, he, he never uh, goes back on what he says. So there are consequences. Now, you you may forgive a spouse that cheats on you, but there are going to be consequences to that. Now, some of them you overcome and you stay married. And I hope that's what's happened in you if you've dealt with that. But other times it's not. If you're dealing with abuse, whether it be spiritual, physical, mental, emotional, there are consequences of that. You need to distance yourself to a point of safety to those things can be worked out, and many times they can't. So I say all that to say is that grace should saturate everything. Grace you show for yourself and grace you should show for other people. And in the ideal situation in any marriage, we should be showing grace to each other. And as we look at Every biblical passage in the in the Pauline literature, and that's basically Romans through Philemon, that's what the Apostle Paul wrote, you see him using marriage as an illustration of what our relationship with the Lord can be, should be, and how it should glorify him. Now, taking that and using that and saying, hey, I want to have a Christ-centered relationship with my spouse, and, and even more so, I want to have a grace-giving relationship attitude within myself, our purpose based on yesterday is, is what we looked at in Colossians 3 verses 1 through 4, to set our minds on things that are above, to seek the Lord, to set our hearts on the things of Christ, meaning we find our truest satisfaction and joy, not in a person, not in a spouse, because really that's unfair to your spouse. If you think your spouse can make you totally happy, not only you're lying to yourself, that is, that is not fair to them. You have to look to Jesus. 
And the point of that passage and the point that we're trying to get across is if you want to tighten the knot in your relationship with your spouse, if you want to be the person that God calls you to be in any relationship, you have to say, I'm going to find my greatest hope and greatest joy in Jesus first. So in doing that, I want to give you some tools um, and some references, um, some resources that you can use as you seek the Lord, because my hope for you is that you're seeking Jesus on a personal level. Now, before we get into the minutia, I want to encourage you. One, one of the ways that you become Christocentric, making the gospel the most important thing in your life, making Jesus the center of your life, and being able to have grace as an outpouring of that, you need to be in church. Uh, you, you, you don't violate meeting with the people of God because in that something happens spiritually for each other and personally for you is that we come together, we're unified together, even though we have struggles with that at times, but we come together and in unity say, this is our hope. You're not alone. So be at church too. I want to encourage you to be in a small group, be with people to where you can discuss, find accountability, find encouragement. So that's important as well. So making sure that you have those two elements in place as well as this element, is that developing the daily habit of seeking God through his word and through prayer. And so what I want to focus on for a few minutes is how do you seek God on a personal level through scripture? It is one of the most challenging things that Christians are called to do because this is a book written thousands of years ago that is not only so applicable for 2024, it's something that you are called to be a part of and read and understand and apply. Yet, we're challenged to do that. Now, guys, let's be real with each other. Every one of us can can uh, binge on the latest Netflix series or your favorite TV show or whatever it may be. But the truth is, we're also called to saturate ourselves with Scripture. But how? How do you begin to do that? Where do you start? How do you even read it? Now, I want to give you a, uh, a method here that we teach. Now, this is not ours. Uh, we use this in a curriculum and through our journey groups, which are small groups of three or four people uh, of the same gender. And we go deep into scripture, into doctrine, into truth. But this, this, this acronym we use to teach people how to use scripture comes from that curriculum and is simply called praise. Now I've talked about this before, guys. I'm going to beat this horse for the this drum, this horse, whatever it may be, for the rest of my ministry because I really want you to understand Scripture. Because when you get that, it changes you. But we use a method called praise, P R A I S E. Now, guys, this is not in Scripture. You're not going to find a a, a verse of Scripture that says when you read the Bible, use the praise method. No, this is just a way for you. To, you have some handlebars as you dive into scripture, um, you begin to read it in such a way to where it changes you. Now, it being the new year, many of us made the commitment, hey, I want to go ahead and read the Bible through this year. I think that is a lofty, wonderful goal. I bet many of you that started to do that have already missed a day or two, or maybe even quit by this point in time. But I want to encourage you as you read scripture you take bite-sized pieces. You don't want to try to swallow the entire piece of steak in one gulp. You want to savor it, chew on it, and understand it. So if you don't read the Bible through this year, that's okay. I would rather you really learn and grow in what you do read and apply it. 
But using that praise method, I want to encourage you, get you a book, okay? When I say book, I mean a Bible. Now, I know the Bible is on an app, and it is wonderful. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes, but I feel like when you hold it and read it and look at it and turn the pages, there's something that happens there. Now, some of you may disagree, and you learn better by looking at your phone or a computer screen. That's great, but get you a book. Get you a book. Get you a notebook, too, to where you can jot down thoughts. Many times, uh, if you're like me, you lose attention pretty quickly. And so I want to encourage you to get you a notebook. And as you read, write. And, and you, you don't, no one has to understand it. It just keeps you focused. And it's something you can look back at later. But using this praise method, let's say you take a passage of scripture. We're just going to say John chapter 1, verses 1 through 17. And that's what you're going to read today. So walking through that passage of scripture using the praise method, you're going to, before you even read it, you're going to pee, pray about it. God, speak to me, give me understanding and show me and what I need to hear or read. God, speak to me, give me understanding, show me what I need to read slash hear. Pray, ask God to do something. Then R. Read it. That was that was uh, obvious, right? Read it. Don't just read it once. Read it a couple of times. Reread it. Because sometimes you're going to scan through a passage of scripture and you're going to be like, what does that mean? And not go back and try to figure it out. Read it and reread it. Now, let's stop here because I want you to understand, have a version of the Bible that you can understand. Now, I'll give you a little history here. The Bible was written in Greek and the Bible was written in Hebrew. We've talked about this on the podcast and on church before, and it was translated into English. Now, if you use the King James, it was translated into Latin and then translated into English. So you're missing some substance there. I want you to get a version of scripture you can understand. Give you a couple. The NIV version, New International Version. That's what I preach out of on Sunday morning. The English Standard Version. That's what I study with personally. That's a good one. The New American Standard Bible or version. Uh, that's something they give every seminary graduate when they graduate. It's a good Bible. Uh, the New Living Translation is pretty good. You know, it's easier to understand. And you might want to start with that, but progress to one of the others. The Holcomb uh, Christian Standard Bible. Um, those are all quality interpretations um of uh of those languages that you know can help you and so those are some good ones you need to read through so read and reread and then a ask questions like don't be afraid to say what does that mean and jot it down in your notebook lord what do you want me to understand but also what did that mean now when you ask those questions you got to be to able to i interpret it that's what the i stands for what does it mean? And I always encourage you to get a good study Bible. Now, a couple of good study Bibles is the NIV study Bible and the ESV study Bible and uh, New International Version study Bible and the English Standard Version study Bible. Both of them are quality uh, and their notes helping you to explain what different things mean. And they're written by guys who have a strong, strong value of scripture. Um, so those are important things. Invest in one for your family. So as you ask questions, I interpreted it, and then S, summarize it. And that simply means, okay, I've read this. Now, what am I going to do with this? So it's one thing to say, you know, this is a great passage of Scripture, but how does this change me? How does this, I need to apply to my life? So you might read John chapter 1, verses 1 through 17, and, and tell you, that's a great passage of Scripture. But here's the deal. When it talks about Jesus being God, 
and always being there and always will be there, the principle you can take from that is simply he'll always going to be there for you personally. And he has the power to strengthen you. He has the power to live and he has the power to take your sins. And so, you know, summarize those things. And, and, and the application can go on and on. And then finally, engage with God. Pray about it. Pray about it. So you started with prayer. You're going to end with engaging with God. And a good, good method to take is the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. And walking through that, you praise him, you trust him, you ask him, and you beg for strength as you deal with temptations and the help to forgive other people. So there's the model. But what I want to give you now is as you engage with scripture, let's say you want to do that, where do you start reading? Now, we I suggest that you download the Bible app on your phone. It used to be called the YouVersion app. There's the Bible app now, but I think if you Google YouVersion, you'll still get it. And I've done a little research here. I'm giving you several Bible reading plans that you can use. Some of them are short, some of them are long. They're, they're there are tons of them on there. I'd also make sure that you have a subscription to Right Now Media. That's Right Now Media. If you don't have that subscription, please email me at chip at church at riverhills.com and I'll make sure you get signed up. It's free. It's about 12,000 different Bible studies, videos, and Christian cartoons that you can use and uh, help you grow as well as your family, kids, whatever you may have. But using the Bible app, the YouVersion app, here are several Bible reading plans that you can use. Now, when you go on these place, these, these apps and you look at these Bible reading plans, there are some that are really good and some that are not. You want to make sure you're focusing on the really good ones. That's why it's important to look at the publisher and who wrote it and what they believe. Uh, because there's some on there you just honestly don't need to read. People like Joyce Meyer. You don't need to dive into that. You need to dive into more, more of the of the mainline uh, Christian conservative, really theologically rich uh, authors and organizations that are writing some of these scripture. Because when you go into some of these areas, uh, sometimes they're not a filter to catch all the folks who may lead you off in the past that may not be as biblical or biblical at all. So, uh, and I don't mean to throw one person over the bus. That's the one I saw today as I was doing my research. And uh, forgive me on that if you're offended, but I am going to stand by that. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> now, couple of Bible reading plans that might be helpful. If you want to read the Bible in a year, I suggest the title of this uh, Bible reading plan is very complicated. It's called Bible in a Year, and it's and it's written by Ligonier Ministries, L-I-G-O-N-E-R-E, -E, I believe is how you spell it, Ligonier Ministries. Great Bible reading plan, and it's pretty simple. They give you the Bible passages to read. Uh, I believe you can read it all in 341 days. And that gives you a day of catch up each week and uh, one New Testament passage, one Old Testament passage. Now, let's say you want to start reading the Bible and I want to give you two Bible reading plans. One is called How to Start, How to Start, and it's written by YouVersion. Um, and it's a four-day reading plan that helps you learn a little bit about context with the Bible and how to apply it. And then if you want to continue down that path, I want to encourage you to read how to read the Bible 
by a group called the Bible Project. That's a 19-day reading plan. The Bible Project, by the way, is a great publisher. So if you see something they publish, you can be uh, rest assured it's a good one to read and follow through. So those are two about how to read the Bible. Then let's deal with how to pray, you know, because sometimes we struggle with that. Um, two that I want to mention here is uh, a Bible reading plan that's called, very simply, How to Pray, and it's written by a group called ECHO, E-C-H-O. Now, it's a seven-day reading plan, and I do want to give props to this organization because ECHO provides a free app. You can pay for some, pay for it as well, but there's a free version of the ECHO app where you can put all of your prayer requests, and it's a great tool to have. I have been using it for years, and it's really neat. I have these prayer requests, and sometimes even if I'm sitting in the doctor's office waiting, I'll just sit there and go through my prayer requests and pray for them individually. And so it's something that might be encouraging to you as you put an app on your phone. But they have a Bible reading plan called How to how to pray. And then one I really love that you've personally uh, more than once is called Prayer, a 14-day devotional by Tim Keller. Anything Tim Keller reads is golden or writes is golden. Uh, he passed away, went to be with Jesus back in August, but Prayer, a 14-day devotional uh, by Tim Keller is amazing. I encourage you to read that one. Now, a couple more. Um, we're in the series about marriage right now. So I'm going to give you one uh, reading plan for marriage. If you want to dive into that, it's called Grace Marriage, a seven-day reading plan. Really good. Grace Marriage is, is a book and an organization called Grace Marriage. We're actually going to be doing their small group curriculum in February. So if you're interested in that, you can always go on our website and uh, get information about that. Um, it is the best book on marriage I've read uh, pro probably in a long time, maybe ever. It's in the top two. And uh, it's an easy read, but their Bible reading plan all, all focuses on what we've been dealing with and what we dealt with yesterday in this teaching series. And finally, you know, don't be afraid to study a book of the Bible. Uh, and so there are several Bible reading plans that lead you through a book of the Bible. The Bible Project produces several of those. Um, I would encourage you to walk through those. So many times, even in my own journey, I have walked through a, a book of the Bible. I just got through reading Daniel at my own pace. I didn't need to go on version or the Bible app to do that. I just did it on my own. And I had the notes there to help me understand what I didn't know. And uh, it was really encouraging experience. And I took my time walking through it. Um, but many of us, and I've done this before as well, I've taken a book of the Bible off this Bible.com, uh, the reading plans there, and I've walked through it. Bible passages like Galatians, I think Tim Keller did one on that, which was fantastic. Also uh, in James and different places. So it helps you stay on track. Guys, there are tons of resources out there. But the reality is just dive into scripture. If you're looking at a verse of the day and that's all you're getting, you're not getting enough. Okay. That's like the doctor telling you to take these vitamins and you choose to crush it up and take only a portion of it. Take the whole thing, grow, understand it, and let it apply to your life so that you're seeking the Lord personally, finding your hope and joy in him so that by loving Jesus most, you love your spouse best and everyone else. Thank you so much for joining us for our podcast. I hope you have a fantastic day. I look forward to seeing you Sunday. Love you guys. Take the whole thing. 
grow, understand it, and let it apply to your life so that you're seeking the Lord personally, finding your hope and joy in him so that by loving Jesus most, you love your spouse best and everyone else. Thank you so much for joining us for our podcast. I hope you have a fantastic day. I look forward to seeing you Sunday. Love you guys.